0: Good morning church first let's get bibles into everybody's hands if you have your bibles or a bible app of some sort then uh, john gospel of john chapter 18 is where we will be this morning and while you're opening your bibles and finding your places also make sure your cell phones are off let's pray and we'll um, get into the word of God together Lord here we are once again This time, special time, carved away just to sit at your feet. We know, Lord, that we are transformed by what we behold. That where we spend our our time, where we are present, that is is what we become. So, Lord, we are here wanting to be made more like you, to be transformed. Not conformed to what the world tells us we should be or the, the images that Others tell us we should be, Lord, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and, and made into the image of your son. So, Lord, I pray that anything that would be um, quenching your spirit this morning, anything that would be inhibiting us from being able to hear what you're trying to say to us, Lord, any sin in our lives, I pray that even now as, as I pray. That there would be a heartfelt repentance in anybody that needs to uh, turn away from an area of sin, turn it away from an area that would uh, keep them distant from you personally, Lord. That we might draw close. We just think of your word that says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Resist the devil and he will flee. So Lord, we're here to draw close to you this morning. Uh, open your word to us. I pray that you show us wondrous things from your word. It's in Jesus' name that all God's people said, amen. amen. All right, John chapter 18, as we make our way continually and regularly through the Gospel of John, we may refer to a few other spots, uh, but I will tell you those as we go through. We are uh, just hours away from the crucifixion. Uh, The last few chapters of the Gospel of John uh, are are before us. Uh, This passage that we have, especially the passage as we look at at Peter, uh, and Peter's denial of Christ, is in all four Gospels. And so, you know, the whole highlight of the passion is Christ. But if you've ever been to, like, a a Broadway show or a a drama presentation, you know, uh, lighting is used uh, creatively because, you know, scenery is leaving this direction and actors and actresses are going off stage that direction. And the, uh, the director will use a spotlight to tell you where your attention is supposed to be. As, as things are happening on the stage. So the spotlight shines over here. So you know this is who's talking now. And, and it's like that in the Gospel of John. Jesus is going to share the spotlight right now with Peter. And it's sort of like we have these two side-by-side dramas unfolding in front of us. One is with Jesus and the, the trial, the pre-trial trial. You know, it's kind of like they've already got together. They've decided what decision they're going to make when they finally get together. So it's... it's uh, everything that jesus goes through it is all very um it's like a circus it's very crooked it's very wrong um but they're they're meeting and, and we'll read that this morning and then it goes back the spotlight shifts then to uh to peter at the same time these two things are going on and so we have to ask ourselves lord why is this story of peter so important that you've chosen your spirits chosen to include it in all four of the gospels and so i hope you leave being able to answer that question. Uh, you most of you are familiar with the story of story of peter uh, denying jesus yes and and which of us would be uh would be there to pick up stones to throw at him because we've all been there in one way or another haven't we i think every one of us would say there was a time or a way in our life that we sort of denied the lord and and again we'll talk about this as we go through so we'll pick up in chapter 18 we left off in the garden jesus being arrested uh, Judas betraying him with a kiss. It's, it's either very late at night or very early in the morning. It's certainly pre-dawn. The sun is not up. This cohort of soldiers comes carrying lanterns and clubs and, and, and swords. And who were they trying to arrest? A, a Galilean carpenter. It's a very strange picture. An unarmed Galilean carpenter. Who, by the way, could easily have run and hidden but he didn't and and we talked last week about how uh through this whole thing jesus is completely in control he's not uh, he's he's willingly this is a love story and and some of you have heard different things about the bible or or what the bible is all about you know of the judgmental god of the old testament or whatever you've heard the bible is first and foremost a love story and and god so loves the world and you know that but it's not just about the world it's it's about you and so Jesus willingly goes through what, the things that love will do. Isn't that true? You parents, you know that. You know the things that love will do, the love of a parent for a child. And this is the love of God for his people. And, and so he's willingly enduring these, the shame and the cross and all these things leading up. Why? For the joy set before him. For obeying the Father and for seeing you saved. Is worth it? Worth every every second? He would say, "I'm am most certain." So this is all happening. Peter uh, takes out his sword. Jesus never told him to do it. Jesus, it, I'm not sure Jesus even knows he brought it. But Peter brings a sword and uh, he he gets real fancy and he lops off the servant's ear, the high priest servant's ear, named Malchus. He lops off his ear and Jesus performs his last miracle before the crucifixion of of reapplying, you know, the ear. You know? <laughs> You know, pop that thing back on there. No, he didn't do that. But I just thought it sounded neat. Um, and that's where we left off. Jesus tells, verse 11, Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? Jesus, I, I, this, is, this is the role, this is the life God has for me. He's I mean, fully human, fully God. Hard to, hard to understand those things. But this is God's will for him. He prayed in the garden, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And so he tells Peter, look, I've got to do this. So verse 12, the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him as if that would hold him, right? I mean, this is, this is the guy that said, I could call down, you know, thousands of angels to fight for me. So they, they put some ropes or whatever they put on his hands. They bind him. Again, Jesus, you can't bind him if he... He slipped through the crowd so many times. They would try to catch him. They would, you know, they were envious of him. He would perform a miracle. They'd try to grab him and he just kind of slipped through the crowd. The only reason he's bound, they would have no power unless God had given them the power to do that. So they bind him willingly and, uh, and they led him away to Annas first, For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. So, a little bit of history here. Uh, I'll try not to bore you too much. Annas was the power broker in and around the religious sectors in Jerusalem. This was the top dog. Even though, you know that oftentimes the person who holds the position isn't the person who really has the power. Annas had been the high priest for a number of years, then he had four sons that were also high priests, and now his son-in-law is the high priest. And remember the story about uh, the, Jesus overturning the tables of the money changers. Well, Annas, the, the the when you came to Jerusalem, you'd bring your sacrifice, and the priests that that uh, that looked over your sacrifice had to be blemish-free. And so, of course, you're coming now, and they you would bring your sheep or your goat or whatever you bring, and they would undoubtedly find a problem a blemish in your sacrifice oh sorry that's not going to be acceptable but we have blemish free animals that we can sell you gladly over here for a much increased price and not only that oh you don't have temple shekels you don't have the right currency well we have tables over there and we're sure to give you a lousy exchange rate So they get you coming, they get you going, and that whole area where that all occurred, all the buying and the selling and all the cheating, look, the last thing God wants. You know, this is what Jesus said. He said, you know, you've turned my, the Father's house should be a house of prayer, and you turn it into a den of thieves. And the place where all that was occurring was called the Bazaar of Annas. Guess who sat on top of all of the wealth they were amassing and all of the power That was taking place and being exercised in extortioning the people that were coming to God. It was Annas. And it was ultimately the tables that he overturned were under Annas' control. So it's no doubt that Annas says, you got him, I want to see him first. Right? You get the, you can see the politics behind this. You see that the, and you know, God wants to take away any barriers that would keep people from coming to him. I, I truly, truly believe that. Any bears... Now of course, the truth is going to be the truth. But people are saved by faith through God's grace. Not by having the right skin color or the right economic group or being born in the right country or with privilege or any of those things. The, the cross and faith and grace make the ground absolutely level anybody. That's why the Bible can so boldly say whosoever wills can come nothing in the way you can come and so Annas would put things in the way people would have to uh, cost them money and it was and people would get really questioning about religion because of that Remember Eli's sons Hophni and Phineas, in, in the Old Testament very corrupt and they would do you know people would bring their sacrifices and they they would just were very abusive to the people that were coming And it it made people hate going to the temple because of the abuses. And and I think we all can resonate with how that happens, right? Well, how many of you have talked to someone and said, you know, I'm just done with religion. It's so corrupt. I'm just done with church. And and to me, it's very sad. And so, as I said last week, I spent a lot of time trying to convince people that, that that might not rightly represent God. And I hope we're ambassadors. You know that. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ, begging people to be reconciled with God. So they go to Annas first, and he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the acting high priest at the time. Uh, And Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. So this is something Caiaphas had said previously. He was telling a truth. He was giving a prophecy about one man dying for all, and he didn't even realize it. But that's, So this is just an identification John gives us. So now we the spotlight moves uh, from there, and we'll come back to that trial in a minute, and it moves to Simon Peter, verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. So after you know, the whole hullabaloo in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus gets arrested, all the disciples scatter. I mean, they're out of there, because now Jesus is... This is not going how we thought it would go. I mean, Jesus is supposed to, you know, conquer these. He's supposed to overthrow Rome and we're with him, you know. And he gets arrested. It's like, what is going on? So the disciples scatter. And Peter and this other disciple mentioned here also probably scatter just far enough to be able to watch what's going on. And then as the group, as a whole, the entourage begins to go back to the temple area. They cross back down over the Kidron and back into the temple mount. Peter... And this other disciple are sort of following at a distance, like we want to see what is what's going on here. And so Simon Peter followed Jesus, and and the other this, the other gospels say he followed at a distance, and so did another disciple. There's a lot of debate about who this other disciple is. Most people say it's probably the author of the Gospel of John, John himself. Uh, there's some good evidence for that. Um, there's a little more to the story here. Now, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. So he had access all the way into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the, at the door outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the, the doorkeeper, her who kept the door, and brought Peter in. So the other disciple got Peter access in, into the courtyard and then, well, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. So this other disciple, there's some historical information that says that, you know, John is probably this disciple. His family had a fishing business in Galilee. There's some evidence uh, in there in the temple area that uh, the family of John had a fish kiosk right there that the, the priests and the high priest would frequent. So, and that's quite possibly how John would have known the, the high priest and had that access if it was him. Uh, you know, if you want to argue something else, feel free to do so. But the point is, he had access. He brings Peter in. And then look at verse 17. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? And Peter said, I am not. I'm not. No, no, I, 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 I'm not one of his disciples. Now, <clears throat> This is, this whole story is, again, I, I say, we've all been there. I think we all know that feeling. This is, how can we be so courageous in one setting? I mean, here's Peter in the garden. He draws a sword, man, he's ready to fight. He tells Jesus, look, even if everybody forsakes you, I'll die with you. And I think he meant it. I think he was serious about that. I think it also looked good to the other disciples. I'll, we'll get to that later on. But i think he meant it and there he is in the garden ready to fight for jesus Where there's other pe- jesus is there other people are there but now he's alone and that same peter who's got so much courage in one setting is confronted by a little servant girl and he caves why why does that happen to us why is it that we work so hard to identify ourselves based on what other people think of us. I, I think this was a struggle for Peter. You know, now, we're going to meet a different Peter in the book of Acts, right? Less than two months later, it's this same Peter who denied the Lord. I think this is one of the things we're supposed to see. This is a low point for Peter. He failed. He caved. He was weak. But so are we. <clears throat> And when Jesus is resurrected, we, this is recorded in the Gospel of Mark, when Jesus is raised from the dead, and the, and the angels come back, and, and, the, and the angels there telling the, the girls, and they're telling the women at the tomb, and says, go tell the disciples and Peter. And that is such an important line. It's almost like there's, there's this special note. Tell all the disciples, I'm alive, and don't forget to tell Peter, I want to see him. And so there's a restoration that happens in Peter's life. And then in the, in the, in the book of Acts, we see the this, this Spirit filling the disciples, the 150 or so that are in the upper room. Spirit of God comes upon them for power. And they become witnesses with boldness. And Peter then stands up. And he's the first one to preach a sermon. 3,000 people get saved. Same Peter. And then chapter 3, there they are at the gate, beautiful, healing the lame man. And Peter stands up and says, hey, it's not our faith. This is, this is fa- faith in Jesus and his name. So how does that, The difference, spirit-filled. But then you fast-forward to the book of Galatians. And this is what I want to talk to you a little bit about. Even though Peter had such great victories there in the book of Acts, in the early days of the church, do you know what happens in, in Galatians chapter 2? Maybe you don't, by the, by the looks on your face. Like, tell us what happens in Galatians chapter 2. Peter begins to struggle with hypocrisy because you see there was this there, there were jews and there were gentiles they hated each other and then god puts them together in the church god has a sense of humor <clears throat> excuse me and peter was a jew and <clears throat> and there he is in antioch in this place <clears throat> where the church is and he's eating together with the gentiles and they're sharing hamburgers together and you know barbecue and that whole deal enjoying it but then people came from jerusalem people of Jewish background who were a little more strict in their observance of food laws. And when Peter, when, when they came and saw Peter eating with Gentiles, Peter changed and he said, well, oh, I guess I can't eat with you guys. And, and Paul confronted him about that, said, you can't be a hypocrite like that. So I think Peter, something in him, just like that, something in us, that, you know, maybe it's at school. Maybe you know someone here in church or in youth group together. And you're here in church, and and you hang out together. But then in school, that person you're hanging out with here in church, they're not cool. And so there you are, and and you're walking with your group that you hang with. And there you see that person, and you blow them off. Why? Because the people you're with don't approve of them. And so you deny them. You betray them. That hurts, doesn't it? Man, you know, I I was talking to some friends of mine about a story this man was telling me. They were explaining to me why... Hang with me on this story here. Explain it to me. The woman was explaining why she keeps underwear and socks in her glove compartment. D- what, don't you all? Just... <laughs> now, look, the minute I wrote out that there was an email about bathroom issues, some of you are going, I don't know if I can go to church today, you know, because we're sensitive about bathroom issues. We want to make sure, you know, when you travel, you want to make sure you got access to a bathroom, right? Because we've all been there where, man, you got to go and there's nowhere to go. Well, this friend of ours was telling the story about his his wife had they were at an event and she had tried to get to the bathroom and got into the bathroom and then had an accident and so she hollers out now there's a line at the bathroom and she hollers out I've had an accident and and so everybody's like looking at her and it's like the, I can imagine the the feeling of the guy like is that your what no, no not my wife I, <laughs> I don't know her you know ah <laughs> no. I, somebody help her I don't know who she is But we, we name drop, and we, we the, the big thing that we, wor- that we worry about in our lives is, is our reputation and our identity. And one of the greatest freeing things, one of the greatest challenges when I became a Christian was to find my identity in Christ, and to be okay with that, because we always are trying to impress people by what we do for a living, and that's what I had to deal with, you know, and I, I've told you my story, so I'll, I'll spare you from it again today, but I realized what the Lord was doing is, is especially men, I'm, I'm sure women struggle with this too, but we find our identity in what we do. And so we want to tell people cool stuff about ourselves. And I, I remember, I'll tell you this story. There's a pastor that I, I know down in Florida, pastors, not anymore, but he had pastored a church of 24,000 people. That's a mega church. And uh, I mean, great, amazing church. And he was going to his high school reunion. And he remembered a guy in high school that, that he had been friends with. Um, and this guy was sitting in a place to inherit his father's mega millions construction company. And so he was preparing to meet this guy at the, at the school reunion. And just kind of preparing his speech. You know, this guy was going to say... Well, yes, uh, so what what did you end up doing with your life? Well, I inherited my dad's mega millions construction company, and and now I'm, you know, making millions and building houses and and all that. And so he was preparing his comeback of, well, I happen to pastor a mega church. I got a TV show, 24,000 people, you know, preparing his response, right? So they meet at the the school reunion, and he's got his response already. He sees the guy and says, so what did you end up doing with your life? Did you inherit your dad's company? He said, "Well, I, I could have, but you know, um, I, I chose to uh, take a route where, you know, actually, I'm, I'm working with handicapped children now." And this pastor said that his heart just dropped because he was so ready to tell how great he was. Identity. So now, th- th- there was a, there was an accident not too long ago. Family in Florida um, overturned their SUV. The Gersel family was rescued from an overturned SUV on a Florida highway, but the family does not want to be affiliated with the man who rescued them. Interesting. Can you imagine who their rescuer might have been from Florida news? George Zimmerman, the man who was uh, accused of killing 17-year-old Trayvon Martin. And see, the article goes on to say that um, the Gerstle family was scheduled to hold a press conference Wednesday, but decided against it. And the reason the one person cites for this is I think what happened with them today was they were very worried and I think were advised by some family and friends that they really should not get involved with anything having to do with with him. Uh, And that's really sad. They can't even say that he did something good for them because people out there believe he's still so toxic. And it was a toxic situation. I'm not commenting on the decision, just saying that there's a time when we might go, you know, right now Jesus is toxic in our society, not just in Peter's day. There he is. Now he's an arrested man. He's not been accused yet of any crime, but they've arrested him. And now Peter's following a distance, not wanting to connect himself right now with Jesus. Do you know that feeling? You, you, why is that? Why are we so scared? And think about how, how you would feel. You know, it's like, one, here in church, oh, you'll sing, you'll raise your hands, sing, sing the songs, oh, I love the Lord, and we're Bible study, yeah, I love the Lord. But then you go to work, and someone says, uh, is that a Bible I see? No, 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 not a Bible. That's uh, just a book I was reading, not a Bible. No, no, no. Because Jesus is toxic in our society, isn't he? So we all know how Peter feels. I think people are very hard on Peter. Uh, in, in terms of his denial it's true though god wants us to know this god wants us to see this because he, he highlights in all four gospels so the servants and officers uh, verse 18 who had made a fire of coal stood there for it was cold and they warmed themselves and peter stood with them and warmed himself now we're going to see they're going to some people are going to recognize him because there he was there he cut off the high priest servant's ear But it was dark and so it's like, aren't you, do I recognize you from back there in the garden? So there he is by a fire. Now there's a little bit of light and people are seeing his face and go, wait a second, do I recognize you? And so he's, first he's following at a distance and now he's there warming himself with the the people that were accused or that were, had arrested Jesus. And and I think again, I think we understand this. It begins with following at a distance, doesn't it? Well, I just want to see where this whole Jesus thing, I don't want to see how this pans out. I'm not really sure I believe. But I kind of want to just observe, I'm going to sit, you know, on the sides, on the the outskirts of the church, and I'll leave as soon as the service is over, and I I just kind of want to hang out at a distance and watch what's going on, see what happens. And then, you're out there in the world, and and the places you hang out are places where the world warms themselves. That's kind of the worst place to be. Jesus said, look, be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. So Peter's kind of in this lukewarm place right now he's sort of sort of there but at a distance and and he's warming himself look the world warms itself at certain places like maybe it's you hang out at the bars and that's the place where you get that warm fellowship that's the place where you have your relationships and your identity it could be a, a number of different places but that peter here's the point he's fitting in in the world he's fitting in with people who are not uh for Christ. And you know that feeling? Do you, do you know, you ever been places and you go, I don't fit in around here. And that's how you should, there should be places where you go and you go, I just don't fit in here. As a Christian, you shouldn't fit in there. And, and sometimes we can be like chameleons and try to change ourselves so that we can fit in at church and we can fit in at school and we can fit in in that Facebook conversation and we can fit in over here and over there. And we'll just be whatever we have to be to fit in. That's what Peter's doing he's just fitting in trying just to 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 not be noticed to not stand out if you're a christian and you live if you live what you believe you will stand out and that's a good thing in this world i don't want to fit in in this world the loveless ungracious unforgiving world and i don't want to fit in but peter's fitting in servants and officers they made a fire of coal stood there for it was cold and they warmed themselves. Remember, it's the middle of the night. It's in, it's in the Middle East, and it's, it's cold there at the, in the middle of the night. Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus. Now the focus goes back off of Peter, back to Jesus. The high priest asked Jesus about his dis- disciples and his doctrine. He's interrogating him. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me uh, what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. So Jesus knows it was against their rules to interrogate a, um, a person accused of a crime in a way that would incriminate themselves. You had to get two or three witnesses to, uh, to uh, incriminate a criminal. And so here the high priest is violating by asking Jesus to incriminate himself. And that's why Jesus answers the way he does. He said, look, you know you're not supposed to ask me that. There's other people that have heard me teach. I've not done anything in secret. There should be no problem finding witnesses to talk about what I've said. And as a matter of fact, they did try to find witnesses. Couldn't find any two that would line up. All these false witnesses they tried to get. So that's why Jesus answers that way. Verse 22, and after he said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, do you answer the high priest like that? Thought he was being a smart aleck. And Jesus answered him, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? what an answer. Is that how you would have responded? You think you could have kept your cool that way? Somebody slaps you across the face? You're going to keep your cool? Jesus completely, he's not only completely in control of the situation, he's completely in control of his emotions. That's awesome. He's the perfect man. He's completely in control. Get this. He's completely in control of his tongue. I, I was at the post office the other day. This is, you know, we, we have a fairly, you know, growing church here. And we see each other in the community, right? And so I'm at the post office. I'm backing out. And, it, you know, the Palmeyer Post Office has a small parking lot. And so I start to back out. I look and I look and I look. And, and I'm backing out. And I see a car. As I'm backing out, I see a car in the rearview mirror. So I hit the brakes real fast. And I'm still looking in the rearview mirror. We didn't hit. I see the, and I, my window's down, and I hear curse words start flying. And now I'm a gentle guy, but I'm like, i got to address this, you know. And I have fun with, look, I have fun, I wasn't mad, or I, I, I was a bouncer in bars for years. I've had lots of stuff said to me. You learn to ignore all of it. So I just pull back into my spot, and I've, you know, I'm like, okay, i got to meet this guy who's just cursing me. I mean, I'm telling you, mad at me. So I get out... And I look into the driver's side, and and that guy knows me, and I know him. And oh, did the conversation, oh, Pastor Steve. (laughs) Didn't know that was you. Excuse my French. And I said, tell me you've never made a mistake driving. I didn't even hit him, but he was so mad I said, tell me you've never made a mistake. And it was just... So we had a good conversation. Completely. Look, this is one... I, I want to be... And maybe you're the per kind of person that needs to be filled with the Spirit, in control of your emotions, and in control of your tongue. The tongue is the final frontier for the Holy Spirit in, in your life. The person who has control of his tongue has control of his life. If I, hey, Jesus says, if I've done something wrong... Tell me what it is. He hadn't done done anything wrong. Or or, or why why are you hitting me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. So now they'll convene the Sanhedrin and they'll have a second trial early, early, early in the morning. Earlier than they're supposed to meet. All this is against their policies. But it's all just pushing Jesus through the system to get him condemned so they can get him killed. But you have to know, if you look at the other Gospels, it, it's, there's, John leaves out some things. They spit on Jesus. They blindfolded him and punched him. And said, you're, you're, if, you're, if you're who you say you are, prophesy, tell us who's hitting you. Come on, son of God, tell us, tell us who's hitting you if you're so smart. And, and just all that he endured. And again, he endured it without a word. He was guilty of one thing being exactly who he said he was that's all he was guilty of so the spotlight shifts again verse 25 and and we'll be through in just a few minutes here then anna sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest now simon peter stood and warmed himself therefore they said to him you are not also one of his disciples are you i mean this is opportunity number two for peter and what does he say he denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied again, and immediately a rooster crowed. So, if you're, again, if you read the other three Gospels, you'll see that not only did Peter deny, he pronounced an oath, I swear to God I don't know him. Let me be cursed if I know that man. That's called a low spot in your life. How do you recover from that? I mean, Peter does. He does. By the grace of God, Peter does. But he, he so badly wanted to convince them that he had nothing to do with Jesus, that he would even pronounce a curse on himself to prove that he was Now, was he scared? I, I don't think, I, I, I don't know if he was scared of being arrested also, but this is the same guy that was so full of courage, just a few minutes before and, and we know that feeling one setting one place so full of courage and another place just such a weak weak moment and uh, and so this is he, he curses he says I now he knows everything that's happening to Jesus he's close to Jesus so much so that when they lead Jesus out it, there's a sequence of events here Jesus looks at Peter the rooster crows Jesus looks at Peter, because Jesus was the one that said, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. And and so as soon as that rooster crows, Jesus just we don't know what the what the look was, but Jesus looks at Peter, and the Bible says, and Peter remembered the words Jesus said, and he wept bitterly. He was broken. So what was the look Jesus gave him? You ever try to think, it? was it like, "Brrr, Peter? I don't, I don't picture that. What was the look? Like, Peter, how could you do that to me? Was that the look? I don't know. I'm not sure. But it just took that, they, their eyes met. And in that moment, Peter came under tremendous conviction. He remembered what Jesus had said, and it broke him. You ever had a moment like that? Man, I have. Where you come face to face with your own ugliness, your own weakness, and you just beat your chest, going, oh, how can I be... So weak. How can I be such a loser? Why don't I have more? You, know, why? Oh. you ever get frustrated with yourself? All the time. All the time. Peter, bro, and he, Now he doesn't know if he's ever going to see Jesus again. Jesus is going to be crucified. But Jesus is going to rise again. And it's Peter that's going to leap from the boat when he, sees, when he recognizes Jesus on the shore. And he's going to swim to him. First guy up. he's not rowing the boat back he's out in the water diving in full speed ahead to get back to jesus that's repentance that's repentance i love what what a story for us to connect with with peter i mean we love peter right we love his impulsiveness we love his courage We, we love his willingness he's he walks on water only disciple to do that and yet he's he's seen jesus transfigured he's part of the inner circle And yet right here, faced with a little servant girl, he caves in. May the Lord give us strength to stand for him. Amen? And and we can. We are, Peter, not yet filled with the Spirit. We, looking back, filled with the Spirit. Power to be witnesses for the Lord. So my question is to you, what are you scared of? What are you scared of? And where is your identity? If your identity is in Christ and you connect yourself, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, I can proudly say, I'm a pastor of Jesus Christ. There was a day I couldn't do that. Why? Because the world doesn't think it's cool. Because my family doesn't think it's cool. Because my friends don't think, the friends I used to have don't think it's cool. Because the guys I went to college with don't think it's cool. So here's what I used to do. When they say, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I, I used to be a horseshoer, but now I'm a pastor. You see how you do that? I would make sure I put that thing first, because that was my identity, and then I'd say, but now... Ah, the Lord convicted me about that. He says, Steve, what are you doing? Why are you denying me like that? Why can't you be proud of me? What, what, what is there in me to be ashamed of? That you should care more about what these people think than what I think. So kids in high school, you know, think about that. Folks, when you go to work, think about that. Let's pray. Father, uh, we do pray right now, Lord, I just pray that if, if anybody in here um, has never been, uh, has never asked you for the filling of the Holy Spirit, just as we read in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 1, Lord, that, that uh, living a life of compromise, living a life uh, more connected with the world than with Jesus, more connected, uh, involved with the world's things than than the church's things Lord, i pray for the filling of your spirit on all of us this morning that we would be uh, that we would have power and we would be your witnesses in fluvana charlottesville and guatemala and mexico and uganda and ethiopia and ukraine and, and all the other places that we go lord i pray that sitting next to that person at lunch or in the on the plane or in the car or on the train or wherever we might be, that we would be proud to say that you are our God because you are proud to say that we are your children. Lord, give us greater boldness in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand and we'll sing a closing song.